Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 374 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. I am giddy that you're with me today because I'm talking to the one, the only Nalini Singh. And it's a fantastic interview. We talk about um, not being scared of skipping ahead and a really clever idea to track timelines. And also we talk about, um, I don't think we actually do this on the air. We did talk about her chair that you can see her sitting in, in the interview, if you look at it on YouTube. And if you look at me on YouTube, I'm sitting in the same chair. I remember being at a conference, a virtual conference that she was speaking at, and she talked about sitting in a gaming chair. And I have been really uncomfortable in my old desk chair, which was just not good. And I had jury rigged with a, you know, one of those fancy seat things and a lumbar support thing. And I was always uncomfortable and my neck and shoulders are always hurting. And I ordered this. It's a New Zealand brand. So I'm not even going to bother telling you about what it is because you won't want to get it. But it did make me think that we have to take our bodies and our comfort seriously. I know people who are comfortable and supporting their bodies well by riding in bed. If that is you, fantastic. That is working for you. You just need to be comfortable and healthy wherever you are sitting. I really love to sit at this desk and I love to be supported and I need I need a neck rest. So um, anyway, that is what I've been thinking about today. I have to tell you that I, I think I've mentioned this recently, but I really want a recliner. I want like a grandma recliner. I went to a writer's retreat with some friends and there was a grandma recliner there. It was the most comfortable thing I've ever written in because you just kind of leaned it back. You supported your head, neck, shoulders, your whole body's kind of floating there. And then I raised my laptop up on some pillows on my lap. Oh, it was nice, um, but they're expensive. So I'm keeping an eye on the Craigslist of New Zealand, which is called Trade Me. And I recently lost an auction. I finally found one that was inexpensive. And um, I thought I could swoop in at the last minute and bid, but a lot of other people thought that too. So I missed out on that one, but I am looking, I am looking for um, not only the desk chair, which now I have, but the relaxy chair, which I am looking forward to getting. So I will keep you posted on that. Anyway, that's not about Nalini. Um, She's just fantastic. And that episode is coming up. What is going on around here? Oh, I just looked up out my windows and it is a beautiful blue sky. It was supposed to be dire here today. And apparently it's not so far. Wellington weather means that um, in 42 seconds, it could be dire and you would never see it coming. We live on the tip of an island that is facing a strait that faces the tip of another island. We are at the bottom of the North Island and we look at the South Island. We can see it on clear days. And what happens is that the wind whips through that strait right up from Antarctica. And that is why Wellington is the windiest city in the world, because it's just constantly the, the winds are moving across the seas, completely free to do what they will. And then they run into New Zealand and all hell breaks loose. So um, that's, that's Wellington. Uh, and I'm hoping that today continues this way because after I record this, I'm going to get in the car and go on a little solo 
writing retreat. And it's been, I don't know, four months since my last one. And I like to go quarterly or every four months. If I can, we're kind of on a tight budget right now. So I'd actually canceled my retreat. And then I was like, no, 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 I need it. I'm only going to go for a couple, three nights instead of four nights, which I think is ideal. Um, And I chose a much more inexpensive place farther away, no view, no bath, no, none of the fancy frills and fur blows, which I really like. Uh, Oh my gosh. I always remember that. Oh, that one that was on the coast with the outdoor bathtub and the, it was a tiny home on the edge of a cliff in the middle of one of the biggest windstorms that I have ever been in in my life. And that was incredible. This is not that, but it is a few blocks from the beach. So it'll be a nice little walk. And this time I'm actually going to be working. When I do my writer's retreats, I normally read and write in my journal. It's really a well refilling time. However, I am on deadline. Um, so I will be writing on this trip. I will actually be doing the work of writing and I'm looking forward to it because it's revision. And I love revision. So that's what I'm doing this weekend. And oh, my classes just ended the 90 days to done. So I have a month off between teaching, but I already missed them. And it's uh, always hard to say goodbye to those groups, to 90 days to done and 90 day revision and another secret group, which I don't talk about uh, very much. Yeah, I am blessed beyond words by the people who come and work with me. I cannot tell you how much they add to my life. And if any of you are listening who have been in my classes this last session, thank you. Thank you for doing your work. Thank you for finishing your books, for finishing your revisions or getting awfully darn close. Oh my gosh. I'm just so proud of all of them. And uh, I'm going to... Stop waxing rhapsodic about them because I could do that all day. Oh, before I give you Nalini's bio, just a quick reminder that August is about to start. So we will be doing more monthly planning for Rachel Says Plan and a little bit of information is coming about that right after the bio. So if that is something that interests you, uh, you can always go check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash Rachel. All right, here's Nalini's bio. New York Times bestselling author Nalini Singh is passionate about writing. Though she's traveled as far afield as the deserts of China, the temples of Japan, and the frozen landscapes of Antarctica, it is the journey of the imagination that fascinates her most. She is beyond delighted to be able to follow her dream as a writer. She's the author of the Guild Hunter series and the Psy Changeling novels and the two standalone novels of Madness of Sunshine and Quiet in Her Bones. Resonant Surge is her most recent novel. Please enjoy this interview and here we go. Okay, you know I love planning and goals, but I believe that all plans and all goals fall apart. And knowing how to replan and rejigger them is essential for being a happy, productive writer. In my Patreon group, Rachel says, plan. We plan the month's writing goals in detail. We rejigger as needed. We debrief at the end of the month. And then we rinse and repeat. This Patreon level also comes with a monthly live Zoom video Q&A. It's just for this group. It is not for the podcast or anyone else. It is recorded so that if you can't attend the monthly session live, that's fine. You'll get it and I will answer any questions you have. But this is as close to coaching as I do anymore besides my 90 days courses. So if this is something that interests you, if you want to plan your writing goals a little bit better and give yourself a little bit more grace when they fall apart, because they will, and then set them up again, this is where you should be. Come over to 
patreon.com slash Rachel for more information. I would love to have you. Well, I am so excited to welcome you to the show today. Will you please share your name and your pronouns with us? Uh, Nalini Singh, uh, she and her. Nalini, welcome, welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I am a fan. I um, have loved your the, the, the side changeling novels. I really loved um, Quiet in Her Bones, which is something that I just gobbled up not that long ago. And I have been so excited to talk to you. I would love to talk to you about your writing process. And you write a lot. You write, uh, where are you located again? You're in, you're in North, right? Auckland. Auckland, yeah. 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 Awesome. So we're, we share a country. Um, and how and where do you get it all done? <laughs> um, so first of all, thank you for having me here. Um, it's really nice to be here and chatting writing. Um, so I'm in my office right now, sitting my study. Um, so I have a, um, a dedicated space in the house. Um, I didn't always, you know, I've, I grew up writing, you know, in the corner of my bedroom and then wherever, you know, wherever I can find a space. I've ridden on trains, I've ridden on planes, you know, plane trains and automobiles. I've ridden on them all. Um, but, um, yeah, so I try most of the time I would be working in an office because I've got the, you know, the computer set up with the ergonomic, um, you know, screen and everything. And I've got my, um, so I have a gaming chair. So I had, um, like a lot of writers, I have, you know, I could get back issues. So I did a lot of research in different kinds of chairs. And one of the things I learned was that gaming chairs can actually be quite good because they're designed for people to sit on them for long periods of time. That is genius. And yeah, you, find so it, really, you find it comfortable. I really like it. The, the one thing I would say for anyone um, thinking of getting one is to go and actually sit in them because... They're actually designed for different heights and different sizes, different like uh, body shapes and stuff. So you really don't want to order one just off the internet and yeah. not have any awareness of how it's going to fit you. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, so I really like it. I've got my chair here and um, it's, you know, it's got the back support and everything. So that's really I, good. I, literally, I will show you on the for people watching the video. I have a Mac pack <laughs> t-shirt behind me right now because I this chair is just so uncomfortable that I'm sitting in I'm going to google this I'm going to look into this <laughs> it's fantastic it's really really good um and this is a, this is a New Zealand brand that I've got um so you know they're available here excellent but um, I always talk about that with writers because I think sometimes we forget about the physical side of writing and how important it is to actually protect you know your body as well um, but having said that, you know, when I'm doing every so often, you know, I have a little couch in my study as well. So I'll sit on there and, you know, and I'm editing something or I'll go to another part of the house if I just just need a change to switch it up, you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, otherwise it's I like the space because it's, it, you know, I have my research notes. I have my research, you know, books. I have little knickknacks that readers have given me over the years. I have fan art on the walls. Have plants. It's just a really um, creative space that, um, yeah, I like. I like being here. Oh, that's lovely. And are you a work a day, get up, go to the desk, write off? Tell us how your day is structured. Um, so yeah, I try these days. You know, so I've been doing this a while, and I've I try to do the the work not work separation, which I think is really hard for writers. Yeah. Um, so what I do is um, I try and be at my desk by nine. and um, But usually 
by then I've actually all, already answered emails and stuff quickly, just officially at work at night. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, yeah, just um, away from my desk by sort of six, seven-ish, something like that. It depends on what I do, but because I um, I go for a long walk in the middle, so that's like an hour's time out of the day. So I, that's why I'm not finishing at like five or something. Um, and then, you know, it depends. Like some sometimes the work takes two or three hours and like I'm just zoomed through it. And other times I'm just sitting there at seven o'clock going, oh, it's just I, I need to put in another hour. So I'm flexible in that sense. And, um, but the reason I try and always finish what I want to finish for the day is because I really hate um, that last minute deadline rush. I, I don't feed off that. I know some people do. I, I get really anxious. <laughs> they don't like it. So I prefer to, so like if I have a book due, say, say a book due in October, I will go work backwards and work out how much I would need to do every day to make sure that book is going to be ready in October. And so I'm not writing it all in the last month kind of thing, which is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. I have, so, a, I have a friend who reliably about three weeks before her book is due, she will say something like, oh, I still have 50,000 words to draft. <laughs> first draft, first draft, you know. <laughs> first draft, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So I I, I prefer not to, not to be in that position. I prefer, if I can, to just have that steady kind of progress. Yeah. And are you a plotter or a pantser somewhere in the middle? I think I would fall somewhere in the middle in general because I write series. So for a series, I think for a successful series, an author has to know where they're taking readers. And so I really think about the overall story arc of a series. But then when it comes to each particular book, I sit down and again, I've got a vague idea of where I'm taking you, right? Like I kind of know where I want us to end up. But then I just sit down and write because I, for me, that discovery process is really a fun part of writing a book. I, you know, I always talk about the one time I totally plotted out a book and I still haven't written it because completely bored, you know? Me too. So. I, plotted, I plotted out one book. I did finish it and I hated every minute of it. I will never yeah. do it again. It was the worst. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. Like if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work. I mean, I'm not saying I don't write notes for like the next scene or something. I might do that, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not plotting out the whole book. And I don't necessarily write in linear order either. So Ooh, that's yeah, that's always I, so intriguing to me. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people get stuck because they're trying to write linear. And if a scene is not working, they don't want to skip it. But mm -hmm. I just skip all over the show. Like if I have a scene that I know comes at the end. And I really want to write it because it's super exciting and fun or whatever. I'll just write it. And um, and in the end, I'll put it all together. Obviously, writing this way does mean I do a lot more drafting, right? Like, so I do more drafts than a writer who had planned everything out or done it all in a linear time. But I don't think it takes any more time. I mean, like if someone is sort of at my same kind of writing speed, because I might write really fast and messily and, out of order, but then I spend that time fixing things. Whereas someone who's writing very sort of steadily in the linear fashion is taking time to make sure everything works, you know, on that timeline. So um, yeah, I think I think if I had to give advice to someone, I would say don't be scared of skipping 
Because sometimes what you find is that you, you get to that scene that was really, like you skip that scene. And then when you go back to write it, you realize you don't actually need it because yeah. there was a reason it was hard. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe it's, it, it wasn't actually necessary or you, you can compress it until it's much, much shorter. Or So, yeah, I, I'm a big believer in write what is screaming inside your head, you know, to be written. I love that. Yeah. I have frequently found that the, the things that I am struggling over, I'm very linear and I'm, I'm recovering from that, but like it can be, it can sometimes those, these, those whole scenes that I thought I needed can be taken down to one sentence or half of yeah. a sentence of transition into the next scene. Yeah. yeah. So what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? What is my biggest challenge? Um, I'm very particular. <laughs> so I, spend a lot of time checking continuity with my books. And I actually think this is part of why the books are strong is because of the intense effort to maintain continuity. Mm. But I think I I push it too far sometimes because really, is anyone going to notice, you know, this, this minor detail with timelines, you know, like making sure that someone in San Diego and someone in Auckland having a conversation and it's the right, (laughs) <laughs> it's daylight or is it afternoon or but it matters to me so yeah. <laughs> I spend a lot of time with that so maybe sometimes a bit more than I should yet at the same time I, I'm never going to stop doing it so <laughs> it's just it's, just carry that challenge forward it's part of how you work exactly yeah yeah what is your biggest joy when it comes to writing oh I love writing I I love writing I Ever since I figured out this was something people could actually do as a job, that's what I wanted to do. And, of course, there are harder things, you know. I Going over proofs, for example, is really sort of hard because I know what it's meant to say and I, I just, it's so hard to find typos because I know what I meant mm-hmm. to write and things like that. But the, I love the whole process overall of being a writer, that initial surge of ideas and just getting it down and then, um, you know, seeing readers' reactions to a book, um, having that interaction, you know, talking to other writers about writing. I, I, I truly love it. I think this is what I've been, what I was meant to do. And so, yeah, I feel really blessed that, that I do get to do it. Oh, and it show it shows in your work. I can definitely say that. Oh, lovely. Can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? Craft tip. Okay. Um, this is one that I, I've I've used a bit and I've been surprised by how many people find it um useful, which is give and this is particularly useful if you write series, give mm-hmm. all your characters birthdays, like specific birthdays, year, date, month. Oh because wow. When it comes to timelines, it's really easy to figure out how old people are, how much time has passed. This is particularly important if you have children in the books because children, like an adult, you can kind of fudge the age, you know, but a child, a two-year-old is very different from a Mm five-year-old. Like, so if you're writing children, um, definitely. Or if you're writing, say, someone who's quite old, you know, 
are they 105 at this point because you haven't sort of kept track of time so um yeah give give your characters birthdays it does it's so so helpful with um timelines yeah I have never thought about doing that and I will forever do it now. Plus then you get to have the, <laughs> like the, I don't really believe in astrology, but of course I like to think about things so you can yeah. think of what their star sign is and, and all of that. That is lovely. I adore that. What is the kindest thing that anyone has ever done for you in your writing career? Ooh, what is the kindest thing? Gosh, there've been, so this is actually my 20th year since my first book was published. So there's been a lot of kindnesses. Yeah. yeah, thank you. There's been a lot of kindnesses and I wouldn't want to just say one thing. I think in general, it's from the very start of my career, it's been the kindness of other writers sharing information or mm. sharing something that could help me on my journey mm-hmm. or just saying, you know, you're going it, to, it'll happen, you know, back. So this is so I was published pre-indie so there was no other way to get published except through a publisher and of course I went through the rejection thing you know heaps of rejections and just the people around me who were like it's okay you know I'll come I'll buy you a drink and we'll just sob into our drinks you know (laughs) so it is it is just the kindness of the community um to I was a very young writer you know I started out very young and RWNZ, Romance Writers of New Zealand, they, they were so kind, you know, uh, to me um, and just embraced me even though I was young and I didn't know what I was doing. And, um, yeah, so in general, just overall, I find other writers are really giving and um, of their time and their energy and the information that they have in their head that we don't know when we start mm-hmm. out. Um, so, yeah, that, that's been that's something I try and pay forward um, now that I'm in a position to share knowledge and, you know, share encouragement. Um, yeah. And that's what you're doing right now on the show. I, uh, <laughs> I always say that. So I came out of an MFA and in which I spent a lot of money and didn't learn anything except like how to cry. Um, and, and I always say that I learned more in my first two years with the romance writers about the business and also the craft of writing than I ever could have getting an MFA because the people wanted to give this information yeah. and wanted to share it. And we couldn't, we couldn't do this without that. And that's, and that's yeah, awesome. there's such a good energy when you find mm-hmm. the right group, you know, when you find the right group. And I would say to anyone who, who isn't finding an energy to find another group, <laughs> yes. created equal. So, um, you know, look after your own creative energy and find Huge. the group that uplifts you. Yeah. Absolutely. Huge. I love that. Um, what is the kindest thing that you've ever done for yourself as a writer? Ooh, what is the kindest thing I've ever done for myself as a writer? Quit my day job. <laughs> I love it. Tell me more about that. How long did it take? What, what happened? Okay. So, so I was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. and I was a you very young the, lawyer the lawyer to writer pipeline which is a broad yeah, pipeline there's a lot of us yeah <laughs> but like so I went through all this university you know all the study I passed the bar I you know I'm working in a law firm and I hadn't been there for very long and um I sold my first book and I thought right and it wasn't for very much money so nobody get excited it's it, it was like 
<laughs> this was not for the money, okay? Um, and I just remember thinking right now as a junior lawyer, I don't get paid very much, right? Like I get paid way more than I sold my book for, but not mm-hmm. very much in the grand scheme of things. And I thought if I stay, mm-hmm. I will end up more senior, you know, I'll get start getting paid more, I'll become used to maybe a different, you know, a certain life and it would be very hard to walk away. So I thought, you know what, if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to give my writing a shot, I need to do it now when I'm just, you know, I'm just a young person without any kind of, um, you know, I didn't have that history, you know, in the firm or anything like that. And, um, yeah, yeah, so, and I hadn't, um, I hadn't done my OE. So for your international listeners, that's like the overseas experience. All the Kiwis and the Australians, we take off and we go overseas because we're in the middle of nowhere. And And when you leave, you got to go for a while. Yeah, yeah, I got to go for a while. So I thought, you know what, I'll do my OE. And at the same time, so I, I, it was a big decision because getting, a job in the law firm was, you know, it's hard, like multiple interviews mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So it was like really scary to do it, especially when I wasn't particularly making a, any kind of real income with my writing. And um, yeah, so I quit my day job and I ended up uh, in Japan for three years teaching English. I, I actually studied um, Japanese at high school. Um, oh. So it came useful and I loved it. And um and it was just a very sort of, compared to being in a law firm, it was a very sort of low-stress job for me because I could just do it and then i come home and I could write. And I was in the middle of nowhere. I was in the countryside. I actually asked to be sent to the countryside. Um, most people get asked to, asked to go to Tokyo. And I was like, no, nah, nah, don't, don't send me to Tokyo. Don't send me anywhere. Like, with, <laughs> I just want to be surrounded by rice fields. And it was beautiful. I, I love the little town I was in the people were so nice and um and you know in cherry blossom season all the cherry blossoms would be blooming and I I rode my bicycle through like rice fields and tea plantations and oh it's just fabulous and I did so much writing I did so much writing and I think yeah that was the kindest thing I did for myself which was to give my dream a shot at an age where I could, you know, I could do it. And yeah, that gives I would, me I would. goosebumps. All of the time <laughs> and the space that you gave yourself at that point, when it is so easy to get in our heads that we have to do the right thing, we have to do the traditional yeah. thing. And you didn't. And I mean, you know, it's, it is really scary. And I, mm-hmm. I'll acknowledge that because there will be people listening who are in that position where it's like, it's a terrifying decision. And I think you can acknowledge that it's really hard. Um, mm-hmm. You t- don't have to pretend it's not. And you you can see I did have like a backup kind of, or like, not like I had a plan, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't just going off into the unknown. I was like, okay, what am I going to do? This is not like an OE where people take off and backpack and, you know, work in bars or something short term yeah. and then go travel because I needed a space to write. And so I really mm-hmm. thought about what kind of OE I could do where I wouldn't have that. And I did travel a lot. Like I traveled um, to China and to other parts of Asia, you know, all through Japan. And um, so it wasn't like I wasn't traveling, but I had a base and, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed what I was doing. Um, 
But yeah, I think if if anyone is thinking about giving themselves that space, even if it's as short as a month, you know, if you can take a sabbatical, oh, it's it's so amazing to have that time and that space to just write. It's without the pressures of everything else. It's yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's gorgeous. What a good what a good answer. Thank you for that. <laughs> what is the best book that you've read recently, and why did you love it? Oh, gosh. Hmm. Let me see. You know, I'm going to give you, I've read actually quite a few books and I've just read an arc of something, but I, I won't mention that one. Um, cause I'm not sure I can mention that one yet. I don't know if it's been announced. Um, but what have I read? I've read so many good books lately. I read, um, Rubicon by J.S. Dews. It's a science fiction, military mm-hmm. science fiction, and it's basically about super soldiers. And so the tagline is live, die, repeat. And so if they die in the field, basically their consciousness is pushed back into another body that's basically waiting in the tank and they live again, right? So as long as they're not killed by a particular way that they're going to and so this, I think that this particular character has um, been realived like a, a bazillion times, right? And they're going to the space as like, am I even human anymore? They're they're mm, like they're yeah. having that existential crisis, you know? Like, and um, yeah, so I thought that was fascinating. And it's the start of a series, so I'm like, oh, when's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> the best feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. And can you please tell us about your most recent novel, Resonance Surge? Uh, Resonance Surge is part of my Sidechangeling Trinity series. If you haven't read the Sidechangeling series, um, I think Resonance Surge is probably not the best place to start. I would start with Silver Silence. And basically it's a series with um, three races. There's the humans, there's a Psy who have huge mental powers like uh, telekinesis, telepathy, um, but unfortunately it causes them, it drives them insane, um, it drives them to aggression, and so they made some very bad decisions about how to handle that. So um, that's the Psy, and then we have the changelings who are kind of the polar opposite of the Psy. They're very sort of, they're shapeshifters, you know, they're very emotional um, and intense and and love family, whereas the Psy are quite cold. And the humans are caught in between these sort of two mega powers and they're trying to make a space for themselves in this world. So that's the setup of the series. And Resonance Surge is a Psy changeling romance and it features a Psy and it features a changeling, which is a bear changeling this time. And um, they're fun characters. Each of the changelings has very much a different personality. Like a, a cat is much... Um, the bears say that cats are like um, sneaky and and <laughs> <laughs> because the, the bears are just in your face. Um, but um, it's it's fun. It's I like I like having all these different characters to play with. It is a series that has a lot of the sense of family, mm-hmm. um, not just the family you're born into, but the family you create and the family that's right for you and the family you find. Um, so yeah, lots of friendships and families and. Um, romances but a big overarching plot going through them yeah and there's quite a few in the series now aren't there there yes so the first arc of the series has 15 books Mm -hmm. um but silver silence which which starts the second arc um 
So I think Resonance Surge is book six in that. So it's amazing. You can start at either point. If you want to be a true, true, like purist, you can go back all the way to Slave to Sensation, um, which was published in 2006, <laughs> but stands up very well, I've been told. So um, yeah, try that out. Um, yeah, or go to Silver Silence. And are you are you also working on any more standalones or? Yes, so my thrillers are standalones. Yeah. I um, yes, right. so I just finished one. It's called There Should Have Been Eight. It's coming out later this year. So um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always tinkering with other ideas, but because I write two long running series, I really need to close up one series before I can sort of do anything else because. I don't want to leave readers hanging. I, mm -hmm. I want to complete, I don't want to be like, oh, it's going to be three years between <laughs> series books because I think, yeah, yeah, that's that's really unfair. And so, um, yeah, anything else I work on is just in the background. I don't really mention it unless yes. it's done. <laughs> yeah. And where can we find you online? Um, so the first place is my website, nalinisingh.com. Um, there's tons of excerpts on there. So if you want to, you know, see if you like my writing style, um, check that out. Um, you can also join my newsletter if you want. I do about once a month, just send a sort of wrap-up newsletter with all kinds of info and book recs and everything else. Oh, that's another book rec that just came into my head. Vivian Chen's Noodle Shop Mysteries. I really like them. They're like cozy mysteries. Um, and she's like, you know, um, oh, what's the murder she writes? You know, uh -huh. and there's a, everywhere she goes, there's a dead body. So it's it's great. <laughs> it's real. It's a really fun story, you know. And um, but yeah, I just read those, and th those are really great too. Um, and where else you can find me is I am active on Facebook at author Nalini Singh and Instagram author Nalini Singh. Thank you so very much for being here. It has just been a joy to have you. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.